0: What's up, Walkers? This is Brett. This is Lana. And we're a guy and a girl talking about Star Wars (laughs) in the Skywalk. Yeah, so we got Lana back today. Oh, it's been a while. Lana's our old friend who uh, maybe her last appearance was around episode 13, 12 or so before The Force Awakens came out. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And uh, the reason Lana is here today, pinch hitting for Jeff... (laughs) Lana, I've always told the good listeners Mm -hmm. that Jeff is like Luke Skywalker in two senses. Okay. One, he vanishes. (laughs) Two, he lives in a cave, which is by design. He wants to live in a cave in the uh, figurative sense of not (laughs) really wanting (laughs) to know what's going on. He does not actively scour the internet looking for Star Wars news the way some of us maybe do. Wow. Um, So uh, a lot of... Jeff does not want to discuss the new footage that was shown at D23 last weekend from behind the scenes of The Last Jedi, a.k.a. Star Wars Episode Eight. So Lana's here because she's fully willing to dive into the whole thing. Right. Spoilerific discussion of that footage.
1: There's no spoilers.
0: Well, no, there's no real spoilers. There really is no
1: real spoilers. I've been yelling at Jeff all week to watch it.
0: Yeah. He felt it was in his best interest given his, oh you know, his God. vow to not watch new footage. Although he is <laughs> going to watch the trailer when it comes out because I convinced him that the one that already released a couple of months ago was yeah. in fact a teaser. So anyway, enough on that.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: We'll get into that. But first <clears> we just have some things, just some some notes to discuss yes. briefly. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, Lana, <laughs> we're going to have a special segment from the west coast walk that's right Ellie and brendan uh have recorded not a full episode but an awesome little segment of something really cool that they got to do out in california um it occurred to me the other day this han solo movie we've we've moved past the han solo director's kerfuffle yes um this is actually a prequel as well. Right. And every now and then it occurs to me, like with Rogue One, I mean, that was more a more obvious prequel, but technically Han Solo is a prequel. Right. It just made me think that you could have Rogue One mm-hmm. and then Han Solo mm-hmm. and maybe one more movie. Yeah. And you've essentially replaced the prequel trilogy.
1: <laughs> no, you're right, <laughs> yeah. actually. Yeah.
0: yeah. So anyway. that. Uh,
1: that's interesting.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then it made me think... Lawrence Kasdan wrote the Han Solo movie. Right. Which is why the whole thing. This is the one thing I'll say about this deal mm-hmm. is it makes no sense that they brought in Lord and Miller, who are these crazy, irreverent directors. There's no way. Not Han Solo. Right. When they had this script that they're saying is the best Star Wars script ever written. Right. By the guy who wrote Empire Strikes Back and The Force Awakens. right? So why did you need to go nuts on the director end? You just needed someone. Who could, you know, like these game manager quarterbacks. Right. Who you just need someone to not throw interceptions.
1: Exactly. And all those guys wanted to do was have the actors improvise. Right. You are, this, your script is like gospel. You have to read it the way it
0: is. Do you think, do you think they tried to cast Channing Tatum? As <laughs> Here's another thing I noted. Yeah. Uh, I usually save this sort of thing for Lando's Randos, but I've got about 40 Lando's of those randos. lined up for next time. Love it. Um. I noticed because it's not that I watched The Force Awakens and or Rogue One every night before bed. (laughs) But if I did, I would notice that in the opening scene of both movies, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's kind of the classic Star Wars intro where you're just in space immediately. Right. And there's a planet Mm -hmm. in both of these movies intros. Right. But neither planet is the planet that you go to to start the movie, which I just found interesting. Huh. Because it's sort of a sleight of hand thing. So Force Awakens opens and there's this big, pretty much white planet. Right. And then the silhouette of Kylo Ren's Star Destroyer starts to creep up, silhouette through it. But that's not the planet they go to. The ships come out from the Star Destroyer and head off in the opposite direction.
1: That's so interesting. Which is Jakku.
0: So I don't know. I thought, like, will we ever see what that planet was? Because it's like right next door to Jakku.
1: What planet were they coming from?
0: And then Rogue One does the same thing. There's this planet that you see. There's the rings, and Krennic's ship is traveling through the the rings of this planet, kind of. Yeah. Looks really cool visually. Yes. Looks more like 70s sci-fi in an awesome way. But that is not the planet he's going planet. to either. That's
1: so weird. I never noticed that.
0: Yeah. So it's kind of show a planet, go to a different planet. Go to planet. a
1: different planet. Yeah. Nice catch, Brett.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it is. <laughs> it's not meaningful.
1: <laughs>
0: but it's a, it's but a, it could it's a be. catch. It is a know? catch, though. Well, anyway.
1: That's so interesting.
0: The other thing I want to say about this whole, uh, this is kind of related to the kerfuffle with Han Solo, but this is also related to Rogue One, Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. All three of these movies now, uh, have had some sort of drama, some sort of replacing someone with someone else. Right. Force Awakens, they replaced the original writer with J.J. J. Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan. Right. Rogue One, they replaced the director halfway through and reshot half the movie apparently, maybe. Uh, and obviously the Han Solo thing, they're replacing directors right. after they filmed practically the whole entire movie for some reason. And I'm starting to just think that they are simultaneously trying to make these movies quickly, but then kind of halfway through each one, realizing that they're not grandiose enough to match up to the Star Wars catalog. And they're trying mm. to basically cram three years of making a movie into two. Because if you remember, the original okay. trilogy, each movie took, they were spaced out they're by spaced three years. Out, right. So A New Hope probably took longer because it was kind of gestating in George Lucas's mind for a while. Exactly. He was tinkering and... Um, but basically, they've all taken three years to make each. Hmm. Uh, and now what they're trying to do is a two-year cycle, right? Because you have one creative team making Force Awakens, and then later on during production, another creative team takes on Rogue One. But each movie is basically taking two years or so to make. Right. And it's like they're getting halfway through and realizing, like, hey, I don't, we don't know why, but this movie is not good or grandiose enough. And so then they try to throw money at it and bring other people in and tinker and fix it. Please cram and do whatever you can to make this movie big enough. And maybe you should just take three years.
1: Exactly. Maybe you should just take the time. I don't know if it's because, you know, Marvel and DC are releasing movies every year Mm. that they feel like that they need to compete and make these movies quickly. I don't know. But you're you're sacrificing good work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I do want to point out, though, this summer could Mm -hmm. end up being the best summer ever for blockbuster popcorn comic slash action slash sci-fi entertainment. No, you're right. You have like four or five movies already in Mm -hmm. that category that have over a 90 on Rotten Tomatoes. Which is amazing. Which is awesome. Good time to be alive.
1: Yes, it is. I agree.
0: (laughs) But... But An even better time to be alive will be December of 2017, <laughs> when The Last Jedi is released in theaters. Wow,
1: The Last Jedi.
0: So let's get into this footage. There yes. was, uh, last mm-hmm. weekend, of course, was D23, Disney's big, all things Disney convention, yes. where they released a lot of new stuff. Uh, they had a behind-the-scenes clip for The Force Awakens. I feel like it was about four or five minutes long. It right. It was kind of long. Yeah, it was kind of long. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not a trailer or anything. Um so we're not going to go second by second through right. this thing. We're going to talk about some of the key takeaways that we yeah. had from this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so one thing I noticed about it that I thought was funny is that this footage that they released, they're very good at showing a lot without really showing anything. I agree. So you see the casino. We've talked about there's a yes. there's a casino on Canto Bight is the name of the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see it, but you don't really see it. Right. And you you s- really don't know what it looks like.
1: Yeah, but you see like a fight's going to happen in... And- in it because that guy Oh there's a guy who's on you can see how he's on ropes and he's being flipped back
0: oh that's right and
1: that's in the casino so they're showing you something but not really showing you something Good point, like Lana? why is he going backwards
0: that's right somebody's yeah, doing a flip someone's
1: doing a flip yep. so you know there's going to be some sort of scuffle
0: uh, there's there. a little thing I want to throw in and this could be kind of spoilery um, so again oh. tune out now <laughs> if you don't want to know <laughs> but uh, I just read hmm. some comments from Mark Hamill Mm, where okay. he talked about being on set in that casino. In
1: the casino.
0: Now, sure, he could have just like strolled over there during filming Let's to say, hey, what visiting? are you guys up to over here? Right. But I don't think so. Right. Uh, I, it sounds like he's there for that scene, which I mean, can you imagine this? What mysterious there? vanished for like five years right. mythical jedi who some people don't even know really exists right. like ray didn't it's just gonna roll up in the casino we got a little tupac suge knight thing <laughs> happening in there i think <laughs> <laughs> and uh so here here's the problem lana okay so yeah. here's the problem where i totally do agree with jeff about watching this kind of footage right is once you start to let your imagination go, that's what ends up ultimately <laughs> leading to disappointment. I
1: know. And you don't want to keep doing that. I'm starting to get ideas. On YouTube, they have made videos analyzing every second of this footage. And I'm like, you are going to cause yourself... Mm -hmm. to really hate this movie when it starts because nothing you say is going to happen.
0: Yeah, and see, my brain, I think, had developed a mechanism for not allowing itself to do that anymore after The Force Awakens and, like, The Force Awakens, what I had imagined in the months or over a year, actually, leading up to the movie from the first trailer, the things that I imagined did not come to fruition. It was Mm -hmm. not what I thought, and that's my own fault for, you know... You, you build up expectations and right. they can't possibly come true. But I, at the same time, it is really fun to daydream and speculate. It is. So there's kind of, you know, there's a pro and a con to Especially doing, if it happens to, to come, come
1: true and you're like, dude, I told you. Right,
0: right. <laughs> Which I want to point out, speaking of that, yeah. okay, uh, this trailer, or not trailer, this behind the scenes footage mm-hmm. was very creature heavy. Yes, it was. And this is also making my imagination run a little too wild. So (laughs) they show a lot of different creatures, a lot of really unique, never-before-seen-anything-like-it-in-Star-Wars sort of things. And I'd like to think that the creatures are significant in the movie. So they show this one creature that's really big. And kind of in a cage. Yeah. Yeah. It has sort of a, if any of our listeners are PlayStation 4 users, (laughs) uh, if you've seen the game The Last Guardian, Mm -hmm. it's about this boy and he has this creature that they call a cat dog. A lot of people are, no, bird, bird, cat, bird, dog, something. Anyway, (laughs) it's this big giant thing that he befriends and it kind of reminds me of this creature in the trailer. Hmm. And I'd like to think there's some significance to that, that that creature has some importance. But for all we know... It could be like, hey, I'm walking you through my collection of rare species and then the next right. thing the scene is over and it didn't really matter to the story. But I'd like to think hmm. that they're 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 significant. But
1: it seems like every time you see a creature like in The Force Awakens, you're just walking through a place where all the creatures are. Yeah. They don't mean anything. They right. just all happen to be just chilling in a place having beers and just right. and you're just looking like, "Oh, they're funny creatures," but they have no significance. And that's kind of how it was with the first yeah. films. Yeah. Yeah. Like they were all just happened to be in that bar where Han Solo was.
0: Although here's the difference though. Here's hmm. I've, I've overthought this as well. <laughs> this is why people don't love the Mas Kanata scene in The Force Awakens because nothing Aww. nothing significant happens in her little her pub. True. Her True. pub. Standard fare, burgers, yeah. hot dogs. And in, in uh, Moss Isley Cantina. Yeah. A dude loses his arm True. from Obi Wan. It's the first time you see a lightsaber True. in action. Okay. And Han Solo murders someone, <laughs> you know? And then here you have Maz Kanata's castle, and it's like right. they're just background pieces, you right.
1: know? How could you not like her when she said, you know, where's my boyfriend?
0: Yeah. I oh, love no. that I boy. liked her. Like, I've that's a place i want to hang out.
1: Oh, God. So but it's, it's
0: not, like, firmly ingrained in my mind as a memorable place in Star Wars lore. So
1: not even what happened with Rey when she went downstairs? I guess people sort don't of. consider that as yeah, part of the whole— Sort of.
0: Yeah, that's Place? like a separate setting. It's okay. it's the basement of the Alamo, as I like to call it. <laughs> <laughs> it was all right. Basement it's in the it's Alamo. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, the, the walkers don't know that yet. <laughs> Just go there. Just go to the Alamo. <laughs> yes. Um, well, so that thing is in a cage. So that yeah, leads me to big. think maybe there's some significance. What if it's like Luke's best friend and he has to go rest? Okay, let's not speculate. <laughs> uh, then there are these things—these cute, adorable little penguin-esque, oh, puffin-esque so creatures called. Porgs. Did you know this, Lana? No, I
1: did not. They're porgs. called porgs,
0: and the babies are called porglets. This are is breaking news. Me? We usually don't break news on the Skywalk. We're usually too slow to do this, porgs. and we'll see how long it takes to edit. Um, <laughs> so they're these adorable little creatures. Now, these are the creatures mm-hmm. that live on Octo. A.K.A. Jedi Mountain.
1: Okay.
0: They're super adorable. Uh, they are I, I believe they've been spoken of as like caretakers. I don't know if that means like they take care of Luke. Caretakers. Or they maintain force. I don't know.
1: Or they maintain the map. Like,
0: huh. Yeah, they, they clean the they island. They clean everything? I don't
1: know. I feel like, I feel <laughs> like so it's a pretty small. natural yes. setting.
0: Here, okay, I got two predictions on these little dudes. Okay. Or dudettes. Dudettes. One, if you notice, mm-hmm. they have sharp little teeth.
1: They do.
0: So they look real cute. Yeah. But I have a feeling, you know, it seems pretty inevitable yeah. that the First Order is going to find this location. Yeah, uh, Kylo had already seen the island. So the First Order is probably going to end up here. I'm thinking these little creatures are not going to be so cute when someone threatens their habitat.
1: They're going to go from gizmo to a gremlin yeah, like, real quickly. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. So that's one thing okay. I hope to see happen. Yes. Um,
1: I hope I don't have to witness one of them dying and another one coming over to them oh, and Lordy. over their bodies. Uh, no more Return of the Jedi. People will be
0: more angry with Kylo I can't do than that they scene. were about him killing Han Solo. No, I will. If he kills a porg. Oh,
1: well. It's my like th- killing a dog in a movie. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. We can't do we it. Talk,
0: you can't kill Chewie either.
1: Can't kill Chewie.
0: Don't mess with Chewie. <laughs> um, my other prediction for these little dudes and yeah. or dudettes mm-hmm. is that... These are going to be a toy craze. I think I have a feeling they have to be, right? Because Lana, you and I were not the same exact age. You're younger than me, but uh, we're close. Yeah. You remember Teddy Ruxpin? Of course I have. Teddy Teddy Ruxpin Ruxpin. was a brand of teddy bear that was actually an animatronic. His mouth moved. He had a little cassette player in his belly. I don't think these will have that. Although you know, never know. Plus one if you do. (laughs) But I, they show this thing. On set, it looks like it's on a workbench, like right. they have a functioning creature, right. That'll move around and do stuff. So, they did this with BB 8, right? There's a the remote exactly. control BB 8 that actually works, right? Uh, that rolls around just like he does in the movie. Mm-hmm. So, that's another prediction. I'm thinking they're gonna I be marketing these little guys. I, I, I want, already one. want one, everybody already. wants I want one already. All right, so creatures, lots of creatures. Lots of creatures. There's <laughs> also this little Crystal fox, I'm gonna call yes, it. Yes, that Did was you see beautiful. That thing? Yeah, it's like a fox, but it's like it's instead of fur, it has these crystal it has crystals on it. Maybe LED looking things. Right. Like maybe it lights up, or maybe it's just some sort of maybe it's like the uh, Paris Hilton purse puppy equivalent <laughs> of uh, the Star <laughs> the Star Wars universe. <laughs> Because you do have Canto Bite, and, and yes, they've described that as being this really opulent, hmm. rich, snooty people. So
1: that would not that would make sense.
0: That could just be a really classy pet. Right. <laughs> but or, I
1: love the fact that it's all animatronics still. Yeah,
0: it's so How cool. How
1: awesome is that, yeah. that he doesn't go CEI, CGI on all of them? It's just— Yeah, I mean, like, the, that's the, like— That's old school.
0: So they did say the Porgs will be a combination of practical effects oh, and, and CG. Yeah. But that's perfect. That's I mean, perfect. That's what they did in Jurassic Park. That's exactly. why the T-Rex looks so real. It can move around when they need it to, right. but it's also a real physical thing that was there. And
1: it's easier for actors to act with right. when it's actually there. Right.
0: And the fact that the porgs would need to be CG'd at all tells me that tells there's, there's going to be some action more. with those little dudes.
1: Exactly. <laughs> there's something more to them.
0: Yeah, there's something going to go on there. Because oh, otherwise you one. just keep the practical effect. keep them on Right, the, just keep them sitting there. Yeah, yeah, sitting there on a cliff or whatever. All right, <laughs> next little tidbit. Yes. Ray diving into water.
1: Yes, he caught that. I did catch yeah, that. Yeah, so
0: there's some Jedi swimming going on, huh? Again, this is uh, this is what I don't like. I'm getting oh, ideas, but you believe. know, like what is she going to find in the water around this island? Maybe something cool. Um, but anyway, you see, you see Ray uh, diving into what is presumably the water, probably from right. that scene from the the trailer, the teaser trailer, where she's standing on the. Uh, we call it her grotto, like Ariel, because they're obviously turning her into a Disney princess.
1: Her <laughs> grotto.
0: Also, uh, so Ray Swimming, Chewy. Roasting s'mores by the campfire. I don't know if you noticed that scene. It's I very early in the footage. I did not notice that. There's a shot looking down. Wow. It's interesting because in The Force Awakens, there's a shot of Rey uh, as she's climbing. She looks yeah. back down and you, and sees Chewie and R2 standing right. outside the Falcon. Exactly. Um, so there's a shot in this where it's nighttime and Chewie is sitting there by the fire. I
1: completely missed that. Oh. <sighs> Okay now I'm gonna have to go back and look at it.
0: Now it could be they were just cold on set, but I doubt it. Maybe I think that's something that might Maybe. make it into the movie and I really hope it does Oh that'd be so cute. right oh, th-
1: for the two of them to have a conversation. Here we I go. Getting
0: ideas, oh, getting ideas. getting ideas stop it. the problem. Stop it. Okay, so the kind of last big point I wanted mm-hmm. to point out about this trailer because again, it's not really telling you anything about the nope. story. nothing uh, but there's a lot of new outfits.
1: Yes, a lot of red.
0: Yeah, a lot of red. A lot of red. It's a lot of red in <laughs> this I movie. Um, there's a little more footage from the planet Crate. Yes. Which is mm-hmm. that mining planet where mm-hmm. it looks white, but then they kind of drag along the ground and bring up this red mineral stuff, apparently. And it looks like, uh, so f- So there's a shot, a really quick shot of Poe <sighs> in a ship. I think it's one of those ships that they show in the teaser trailer that drags along the surface That drags along the surface. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what it appears to be. Mm-hmm. And... Poe's got this really cool jacket, very Han Solo esque. It's kind of a dark brown or maybe blackish yes. jacket with a white and red Resistance logo on the shoulder. Okay. His hair's hanging down. His it, hair looks gorgeous. Yeah.
1: Obs- I love Oscar Isaac, so that's why I'm. They're saying really
0: these. letting the hair roll on this the one, hair. man. They're
1: letting the hair go down. So that looks really cool. It does look cool.
0: You get two two new looks for Finn. Yes, you do. So, so one shot, you see Finn and Kelly Marie Tran's character right. in uh, First Order yes. outfits. It seems pretty clear that they're undercover. They're undercover. Yeah. Right. Uh, but there's another one of Finn in a yellow X-Wing yeah. flight suit, which looks amazing. Looks amazing on him. Which has me calling him Yellow Finn Tuna.
1: Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's what we're going to name the episode, Yellow Fin Tuna. <laughs> um, but it looks really cool. It looks great I love, great on I love him. the look of this movie so far, yes. even though they've shown very little. Right. Uh, but they really seem to get it. Right. Um, also, Phasma seems shinier to me. Well,
1: maybe she got new armor because supposedly, didn't they drop her somewhere like in a garbage container or something?
0: Well, they asked her about that. Yeah. They <laughs> strongly got, imply exactly. in The Force Awakens that Finn and Han throw her in a trash compactor. Right. A of Star Wars a New Hope. Exactly. Um, but uh, Gwendolyn Christie has pointed out that it's only implied and that you never actually see that happen. And that's where she stopped. She hmm. wouldn't say anything else about it. So it's possible that well, it's they possible. never quite got her in there. Maybe they didn't have the heart to do it because that is pretty dark. Assuming you think she dies in there. Right. You know, like they, they didn't have to kill her. They could have just kind of took right. off, although... You I know. thought
1: Finn just would have put it in there just so she can stay in there. Yeah, yeah. I never thought that he actually killed her. But That's they interesting ha- that you. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but they have implied, they have said that they do have some confrontation in this movie. They so have to. They had clearly unfinished business. Um, I hope she
1: takes the I Hope to take the helmet off. Yeah, you guys think she probably Tarth. would.
0: <laughs> you think yeah. you would think she probably would.
1: I know everyone else has, so yeah. why can't she take hers yeah. off?
0: And if it's any kind of a fight at all, it's got to come off.
1: It has to come off.
0: Right. Otherwise, she didn't even break a sweat. Right. So. <laughs>
1: right. Right. And obviously, you look at them both, and you're like, she's obviously going to win. I mean, look at the height difference. At, I know. Yeah. So, like. I know. Yeah.
0: And and she trained Finn. Right. So. And he right. clearly was not the star pupil. Exactly. Of that class. Any other thoughts, Lana? Is there anything I left out that you wanted to call attention to? What uh, are
1: my other thoughts? I to? did like seeing the practice scenes with the lightsabers. Yeah. You, well, first of all, I love seeing Kylo Ren's and then when you see Ray, it's like she's fighting several people at once.
0: Yep. And it kind of,
1: it reminded me of the scene that she saw in The Force Awakens when she touched his lightsaber and she was standing in front of Kylo Ren, he had all those people, all the stormtroopers by him. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah, it's yeah. when it's oh, raining. The Knights
0: of Ren. Yes. Yeah.
1: And that's what that kind of reminded him. Like, is she going to fight all of them? All right, bring she, yeah. it on. Or,
0: or could it be in the casino when her Luke, her and <gasps> Luke are just taking on a bunch of people? The, you're all about oh. Luke being in the oh, casino. Oh, yeah.
1: When he said that he was on set that day, did it make it seem like he was visiting people or did he just say, I'm on set?
0: I think he uses the force to pull a slot machine lever. <laughs> <laughs> You're convinced he's there. <laughs> and he comes up all cherries. <laughs> That's why the Star Wars logo is red for this movie. Because Luke makes bank <laughs> on Canto Bite. Mm. Speaking of red. Okay, yeah. so uh, just yesterday mm-hmm. on the Star Wars show on YouTube, which is a wonderful show. It's Emmy nominated now and they keep, you know, tooting their own horn. But, you know, kudos to you guys. Um, they showed Kylo Ren's TIE Fighter. It's a specialized Ooh. TIE fighter. Oh, crud. I forgot the name of it now. But it looks like a TIE interceptor with the pointy kind of wings. Yeah. Um, but the front of it has kind of like a protruding... You know how the normal TIE fighters have that kind of round glass yeah. pattern uh, on the cockpit? These is, this one's kind of protruding and it's red glass. Whoa. I think all the red stuff... This is why I think, you know, I I know the movie really does revolve around Luke and Ray. Yeah. But I think ultimately... I keep getting the feeling like Kylo, and I think a lot of people think this. Kylo is ultimately the crux of this whole trilogy. He has to be. Yeah, I and mean, I think the red, the red lightsaber. Absolutely saber, right. Yeah, he
1: has to be. I mean, even what Carrie Fisher, God bless her soul, what she says at the end is that it's all about family. it's All
0: about family. There's okay. also, uh, we, we, we skipped over in the creatures segment of our discussion, the little uh, blackjack dealer guy. Yes! He's this tiny little dude. So he's like Mr. Cute. Toad from Wind in the Willows. Yes! And he's apparently kind of running this thing. <laughs> and a creature behind him pounds the table. And he kind of bounces right. a little bit, if you notice. So right. somebody gets angry.
1: This casino is going to be huge.
0: Yeah, there's, this is going to be, going to be uh, my guess is this is kind of going to be the middle portion of the movie. Yeah, it has right? to be. And the cool thing is we probably haven't seen anything from the final third of the movie yet, right? Because we know everything starts off on the island.
1: No, you're absolutely right. We you probably right? haven't.
0: We don't know where Snoke is. We haven't seen anything like that or where Kylo. We haven't really seen anything right. of like where the First right. Order is regrouping. There is a shot of Kylo wearing a slightly different modified outfit. I think he might have a cape on Cape now. on. Right. Yeah. I have high hopes I shouldn't goes against everything my mind and my heart are telling me or do not get excited about this do not get your hopes up it could be terrible and sure it could be terrible but it I could think be. it's going to be really good and i, I mean,
1: mean i'm i'm trepidatious just because of the director yeah and i've seen some of his stuff you know yeah. i saw looper and um he made a he loves working with joseph gordon levitt and he made a good movie with him called brick yeah which is a very mysterious kind of movie yeah and i know that kathleen kennedy just likes plucking these hmm directors you yeah. know because they've done something interesting in the independent world she's like and then, oh
0: and then plucking them, and then back, plucking off the them back
1: off the project <laughs> yeah
0: yeah she's you good know, at plucking
1: she's good at plucking she's so. a plucker
0: all right all day uh, we have a special
1: yes tell me uh
0: a special segment now mm-hmm. we've teased the west coast walk For the past couple of months, as everybody listening probably already knows, Allie Mm -hmm. and Brendan moved off to the West Coast, and the idea all along is that they would start up the West Coast Walk. So we have our first segment of that. Uh, Normally, these could be full episodes um, Hmm. that would just be on their own. This one's a little shorter. Uh, They're still getting settled over there, but they had something really amazing to talk about (laughs) that they've already done out there since they've arrived in California. So
2: let's hear it. What's up, walkers? This is Allie. And
3: this is Brendan.
2: And we're coming at you from the West Coast walk version of the Skywalk. We wanted to bring you an update from our adventures at Skywalker Ranch. I can hear Jeff just sizzling with jealousy. Did we make him jelly? I think we made everybody jelly. Pretty cool. So we're just going to jump right into this. Mm Mm-hmm. We uh, have a friend who shall remain nameless. On the inside. On the inside. Bob Iger. We have a friend. I have two friends on the inside. One of them invited us to the Lucasfilm Annual Company Picnic.
3: The 39th Annual.
2: Yes. Almost as old as Star Wars itself. Mm -hmm. And it's up at the ranch, Skywalker Ranch in Marin. And it was... It was wonderful apparently this is the first year that you were able to bring any type of guest that you wanted i guess in past years it was just family and then if you didn't have family to bring you got like a plus one or something Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and so this is the first year that they said well that's not really fair to the people that don't have families so five tickets for those folks or four four yeah and uh yeah, no, it was it was a good time. Do you, you want to share your thoughts uh, as resident senior Star Wars geek?
3: It was really cool to see the ranch in person. I know that I've seen it uh, in bits and pieces, in DVD behind-the-scenes extras, and in photographs for decades. But you really need to go there to understand the the, the sense of scale, how big the main house is, how far apart everything is. Um, and it was really educational.
2: How was it educational? Oh, well,
3: you know... Uh, <laughs> we
2: just, didn't really learn anything there. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't learning
3: uh, per se, but it was... Uh, I, I've read a lot about the planning uh, and construction of Skywalker Ranch. And George was... You know, this is something that, that took up decades of George Lucas's life. And it, it comes from... Uh, a, a long-held dream of his to have a special place where filmmakers and particularly people that he loved and his friends could come and collaborate and work on films together that wasn't L.A. Um, so he wanted to have state-of-the-art facilities. It was inspired by a place, I think, in Europe that he and Francis Ford Coppola had found um, that was basically like a filmmaker's commune where you have, you know... All, all the edit bays that you might need you have places to relax places to have meetings with people
2: it's like an artist commune but modern
3: exactly and skywalker ranch um even though you know george doesn't live on the property as much anymore it, it's it's the fulfillment of that dream of kind of the, an american version of something that he saw in europe you know in the 60s um when and and the prototype of that was american zoetrope which was based in downtown san francisco that this is this is fully realized what George wanted. He wanted um, a very a very unique, uh, special place that that people could come and be creative together. Um, and he, you know, he's a control freak, right? So uh, every, I guess, every piece of furniture, all the wallpaper, every 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 facet of every building, including their placement, and even. So far as like concocting a backstory about why they're differing architectural styles from building to building, all of that was you know George's making um i've I've also read that that is partly what broke he and his wife up because George was really obsessed with finishing the ranch and putting mm-hmm. the finishing touches on it and having the having the money to build the ranch
2: um What a sad thing to break up your marriage
3: but yeah, this is you know it was really cool to see his physical dream realized, if if I can compare it to anything, it's kind of like, you know, a much less exciting Disneyland where a guy has an idea <laughs> and, you know, it's a place that you can go and enjoy. Um, it isn't just a movie or a book that you can read or, you know, uh, an audio play or a, a physical play or a musical or something. This is a property where every detail has been paid attention to, to an exacting standard, and, you know, even though we didn't get to go inside any of the buildings on the property, I think that, you know, gave me a greater appreciation for all of that work.
2: So, yeah, Louis like, pull in. And, of course, they have, like, hay bales out to keep you from going places you shouldn't go. Mm-hmm. And then you just pull into this big open field that they're using for the parking lot. And at first I was like, oh, there's not that many people there. And then I saw all the cars. And, oh, my God, there were, like, 2,000 people at this picnic and we get there and everybody's carrying their salad bowl because it's tradition that you bring a salad to share
3: yeah that's the deal uh the company pays for the barbecue and you bring bring a salad
2: and uh we brought a watermelon and feta salad which i think i'm quite proud of personally and there was a um a salad that was just different color sour patch kids
3: Oh, I didn't see that one. Yeah, that was, I, that was I, when we went back. I did notice a really retro throwback, like Jello salad. Oh, gross! Cool <laughs> I was a little tempted. I kind of <laughs> wanted to try some, but
2: <clears throat> gross. Mm. But yeah, you could, like we got like burgers and hot dogs, and there was like fried chicken and pulled pork. pulled pork, and they had veggie burgers and corn and so much salad and desserts and beer and wine, regular drinks. Small children everywhere. Um, there were like two gelato trucks, a photo booth, shaved ice. Shaved ice. Oh god! Like I did not need to go in the pool. Not yeah. that we would have been able to because it was full of children. No, it was slammed. We saw Doug Chang. Yeah, Doug
3: Chang and some of his kids were in a boat together. They didn't win, unfortunately.
2: Doug Chang is a nice-looking man. Yeah, he's, without his shirt on, he's ripped. We saw David Collins.
3: Yeah, David Collins was brought in, I guess, to emcee a bunch of these special events like the boat race and the egg toss, and it was really cool that he was brought in as part of a larger family.
2: I will admit that I partook in not one, but two tug of wars
3: mm-hmm.
2: just to stand within 15 feet of David Collins.
3: And your team won a couple and times. And my
2: team won both times i kind of wanted to jump in after the third time when it was just like three kids versus two adults and be like put that rope around me and i'll make you win kids but i didn't i wish we had said hi to david though he totally told us to on twitter that's true but dang it
3: Uh, you know every opportunity that i saw it seemed like he was busy doing his job making sure that people knew when and where the events were with a bullhorn and
2: so we're saying hi to you now david Hi. He's
3: not going to listen to this.
2: We got within spitting distance of Pablo Hidalgo and Dave Filoni, mm-hmm. and both times I was like, "Oh my god, it's Dave Filoni. That's Pablo Hidalgo." And then I was like, uh, "Chill out."
3: Yeah, definitely this was the like, uh, play cool like. Yeah. Just, we're on we're on their turf. Let's let's not do anything. I'm
2: really glad that I was wearing sunglasses the whole time because I was definitely staring at people <laughs> just being like, "That's Doug Chang without a shirt on." <laughs> Do you want to talk about going to LDAC?
3: <laughs> Uh Yeah, I got to check out um, the Letterman Digital Arts Center this week, which is where Lucasfilm's headquarters is in the Presidio in San Francisco.
2: Very unassuming buildings. No, if
3: you if you miss if you and if you walk the wrong way toward the building, you miss the Yoda statue, which is the dead giveaway. It's the it's the now famous Yoda statue that's at the top of every Star Wars show episode.
2: Live from... I don't even know where it, what he says because <laughs> I'm a terrible Star Wars show watcher. It's okay.
3: Um, so yeah, you know, uh, I think I said on this show before that I've done some work for the StarWars.com website. So as soon as we moved back to the West Coast, I got in touch with uh, Dan Brooks, who runs the website. Um, and he was kind enough to bring me in. We got lunch at the company cafeteria, which has Oh my gosh, an amazing view over the um, Palace of Fine Arts and you can see the Golden Gate Bridge in the background.
2: Question for you, mm-hmm. is the food there good?
3: Uh, I had a very good um, cold pad thai salad with some very tasty chicken.
2: Is it free? No. Other than that, there's not, not a whole lot to report. I read an article today about Woody Harrelson finding out about... Lord and Miller's departure, and mm-hmm. about halfway through, I was like, "This is a garbage article that really is doing nothing for me," and I, I think, stopped reading it. I think the most noteworthy stuff
3: to happen recently was, uh, are probably the Forces of Destiny shorts have all dropped, which is pretty cool. I wish that the animation quality were a little bit higher. It's a little, it looks like a really good Flash animation from about ten years ago, like a, a few bumps higher than that. It's very minimalistic and simple but I think that that can also look cheap sometimes. And mm. It does look on the cheap side of occasionally. Lucasfilm has Lucasfilm Animation, and they're obviously very busy working on wrapping up Rebels. Right. But I also would like to see something a little closer to that quality, except for Force of Destiny. Just because it's 2D and some small side project doesn't mean that it doesn't deserve you know a little bit more love.
2: What would you like to see come out of Lucasfilm Animation after Rebels?
3: I don't know. It really depends on how they want to continue this idea of uh cross-media franchise for Star Wars.
2: Meaning, like, Forces of Destiny on YouTube and...
3: Yeah, you know, you have Forces of Destiny telling small, short stories focused on the heroines of Star Wars, but at the same time, Rebels is filling in some gaps in between Episodes 3 and 4, you know, the same thing with uh, Rogue One. Um, so, you know, it they could they could play in a different period of time, that could be pretty cool. Um, or they could do something completely original, um, which would also be really great.
2: I would like to see something like where they play around in maybe, like, the old Republic I've heard era. that from a lot of people, yeah. I think that would be really cool, because, like, we know about the Republic and the days leading up to the Empire, mm-hmm. and we've gotten the Rogue One stuff, and now we're getting the, you know, post... Empire,
3: yeah, the, the, the resistance,
2: BS that I still have issues with. And I'd love to see, like, something like thousands of years before the Galactic Senate that we knew in the days of, like, Padme and Bail Organa and seeing something a little bit different. Seeing, like, the Jedi before they were what they are now. Or not even dealing with Jedi. Like, bringing in Jedi, dealing with, like... I don't know, people, and maybe a Jedi here and there, but, you know, this is a thing that I I guess people seem to disagree with heavily, but, like, I think you and I agree that Star Wars isn't all about the Jedi. Mm -hmm. Like, we know that from, we're getting a Han Solo movie, and we just got Rogue One, which had, like, touches of the Force, but...
3: I think inevitably, though, if you jump back in time to the actual heyday of the Jedi, and not just the Jedi on the wane as, as an organization, then inevitably, if you're dealing with stories of the, the older, old Republic, then the Jedi will need to be involved in some way or another.
2: That's all for now, folks. This is Allie. This is Brendan. And this has been your first episode of the West Coast Walk. It's sizzling.